Welcome to Grass Talk Radio. This show is for people who play bluegrass music and anybody who might want to. Howdy folks, howdy and welcome to Grass Talk Radio. You may have wondered why my podcast has slacked off in production a little bit. And I thought I would tell you a little bit about what's been going on around the old homestead here. And like I said in the last episode, I hope you'll cut me a little slack. I too will cut you some slack. Well, it'll be a trade. So here's the deal. Uh, The first and most prominent fact is the thing everybody is constantly thinking and talking about. And it's not bluegrass. And I'm not even going to talk about what it is, because unless you're living in some cave or you're listening to this far in the future, you already know what I'm talking about. So I'm not going to talk about what I'm talking about. But I'm just saying that when there is a large pressing issue concerning everyone, it's kind of hard to sit around and talk about bluegrass. I'll just be honest. I have multiple times got up in the morning, sun's coming up, everything's looking good, feed the dog, feed the cats, check on the chickens, and say, I'm going to do a podcast. And by the time I get around to setting up I'm just like, you know what, what's the point? Bluegrass, as you know, the whole point of bluegrass music is to play music for people. It's not to play it for yourself. In fact, I don't even, I suppose it is possible you could play bluegrass for yourself. You get your five friends over And you sit around and play bluegrass just for yourselves. Yes, that is possible. But that's not the real purpose. It is fun, and it's a part of bluegrass. But nobody's even doing that right now. So it's kind of pointless to even talk about that. And then just forget the whole thing about, well, let's go have a jam session or let's, uh, you know, Go to a festival and all the things that bluegrass is made of is just not happening right now. So everybody is hunkering down. And and all along, ever since I started this podcast, I have tried within reasonable limits to stay on the topic talk about bluegrass and and if I talk about other things at least try to make them in some way relatable to the topic of bluegrass because that's my thing and it's probably your thing or you wouldn't be listening so what do you do when nobody's doing the thing well you can talk about well you know when it all starts back up and you know when the festivals relaunch but how do you know at this point how do we even know what's what's coming next i mean it's just a little hard that's all i'm saying now you can you know i've noticed i've I've been talking to some of my friends on the phone and uh, some of them are pretty much completely unaffected because basically their life 
for certain people, was just puttering around the house anyway, you know. And so it's not really that different. Like, if you're retired, if you're, if you're 75 years old and, you know, your check's still coming in and you got food in the fridge, you're not too worried about anything. And you're, you were just planning on blowing the leaves anyway, so you blow the leaves. Nothing really changed. But for all the people out there who the, somebody has yanked the brake and screeched everything to a halt, there's a lot of people who are really, really psychologically upset right now. And I'm not so much because I do work from home, although I also go out and, you know, play gigs and, you know, go to jams and ramble around and do all sorts of things like like I was I was all fired up about this new thing of getting back into running sound again and I in an episode I don't know three or four or five episodes ago I talked about running sound for the the three redneck tenors and they had me booked for a number of shows here in the spring of 2020 to run sound uh for uh trying to remember, the Malpas Brothers and Jig Jam, and uh, there were a couple others. I was all fired up about this. All that canceled. So a lot of, you know, a lot of what I do um, is unaffected, but some of what I do is affected. And I've certainly seen, I think people are so preoccupied, as well they should be with other things that, uh, you know, I've seen the website traffic, um, down (laughs) and, uh, but anybody that, that is, well, let me just say this. Let me get the commercial out of the way. If you are sitting around, I wouldn't waste my time sitting around watching Netflix. I would go to bradleylaird.com and, uh, scope out some of the free and also the premium instructional materials so that you can utilize this time to the best of your ability to improve your ability to play. And I think I said it in the last episode, I highly recommend the set of jam tracks that I pedal on the site. The, the, uh, I think it's, I want to say 55 tracks. You get that, and you can at least pretend to be playing with your pals. And it's it's some good practice stuff. Excellent tracks uh, put together by uh, Curtis Jones is the rhythm guitarist, and he may have played bass on them too. I can't remember exactly who who did what, but uh, so maybe the jam tracks would keep you keep you bluegrassing for a while. Um, so enough about all of that, about the current events. Let me just tell you why there hasn't been a podcast. Well, that's the first reason. I've just, I'm like, I just can't talk about this. <laughs> oh, man. I'm not, uh, I, I'm not going to believe there's a new normal. I'm sorry. New normal? No. Uh, you can't change humanity and our gregarious nature and our natural social instincts just by some edict from above. I'm sorry. I mean, maybe maybe certain people believe they can change the world simply by commanding it to be so, but I'm not one who believes that. Uh, so, 
humans will be humans, and I can't wait until people become human again. Okay, enough about that. So here's the number two reason. So we're all locked down. We're all shut down. You know, I want to go to the grocery store and my wife, you know, make sure you wear your mask and which I refuse to do because we're not required to. So I don't. I stand behind the little yellow tape and I don't get too close to people. But it doesn't stop me from asking the guy behind the counter, you know, how's it going? And, you know, have you been fishing lately? And that kind of stuff. I refuse to give up my humanity. So that whole thing has been weighing down on us here. So that's number one. Hard to get my heart into just sitting around thinking about bluegrass. Which, you know, is probably a good thing. Because probably some of us ought to have been thinking about other things when perhaps we were fiddling around um, thinking about bluegrass maybe perhaps a little too much. So that's number one. Uh, number two is these um, big storms came blowing through the southeast just a few days ago, about I guess about four days ago. So my wife is all worried because, of course, it's, you know, weather reports, you know, oh, there's going to be lots of these tornadoes and so forth. And there were some tornadoes. But I sat down and I worked out on the calculator. What are your chances of actually being killed by a tornado? And it's microscopically small. Most people go through their whole life and never even see a tornado. Um, I I have personally been involved in three tornadoes, and I'm not going to tell my tornado stories in this episode, because I'm determined to just make this a short one, just to let you know that I'm still kicking, and I haven't given up, um, but it's just been hard to think about bluegrass. So we had the storms come blowing through, so it was, you know, put up anything that might blow away, I took all the, I've, I've got a lot of seeds that we've started, and they're just living out in trays, and I, I put them out in the sun, then I move them into the partial shade, then I water them, and I move them around, and, you know, got things like basil, and uh, tomato plants, and peppers, and onion seeds, and all kind of little seeds sprouted, so I'm like, well, I don't want, like, a big toad floater rain to, like, smash these little, little babies, because, like, the tomatoes are about inch and a half tall right now. So I've got to bring all that stuff into the barn, and I got my chestnut seedlings and my little Chinese oak uh, things. Got to get all them, get everything all battened down for this big storm. So the storm comes blowing through, hits us at about three in the morning, and I'm telling you, it was pretty wicked. But it was no tornado, and it was nothing like the two hurricanes that have beelined right through Sumter County, Georgia in the in the time that I've lived here. It was nothing like that in terms of duration. So about three o'clock in the morning, you know, you're starting to see lightning here, thunder, big heavy rain, a lot of wind, all this kind of stuff. And it lasted, you know, until about daylight. And I go out and I'm checking everything in the morning and eh, you know, some the usual amount of 
dead branches have broken out of all the pecan trees and, you know, but basically wasn't too bad. However, the power went out and I was intending to get up that morning. I thought, what is today? Thursday. So I'm trying to remember what day that was. Maybe Monday. I had said the night before, I'm going to get up in the morning. I'm going to do a podcast. Well, I get up in the morning and uh, I can't even make a pot of coffee. So luckily for me, I have the Boy Scout training and the sort of cowboy way about me that I went out to the barn and fired up the old little, I got this little railroad style potbelly stove. It's a little bit, it's probably the smallest potbelly stove that was ever made. And this design, as I understand it, was, it was called a railroad stove. And basically they would have one of those set up back in the caboose, back in the caboose days so that the switchman could climb on board and, you know, have some hot coffee and, you know, warm up a little bit. And they were probably fueling them with coal, I would imagine. But anyway, I've got one of those out in the barn. And it's it's sort of exposed outside. It's not in a room or anything. So I fire that bad boy up and uh, get some water hot and uh, make me some coffee in the old French press. And uh, started uh, frying up some sausage and corn pone in a little cast iron skillet. It's just got one eye on top of that stove. It's very small. I'm good, you know. Uh, my wife gets up and, uh, you know, wandered around out there trying to find me. And uh, comes out there and I said, go in there and get you a cup. And get in the fridge and get you some cream. Put a little cream in that cup and come back. So she comes out there all wrapped up in a blanket. It's a little chilly and stuff. And she drank her cowboy coffee, French press cowboy coffee. So anyway, the power was out all day long. I can't really do the podcast. What's the point? Uh, then the next morning, get up, still no power. And by the way, just so that you'll know, I am living <laughs> as close to the bluegrass way as possible is that we're on a well. We're out here in the sticks, and, well, when the power goes out, so does the water, because it's not a windmill like my grandpa had up in Indiana. There's no windmill. It's electric. you got to have 240 to send down that hole to run that pump. So if the power goes out, as soon as that pressure tank is empty, you're done. So... I get the pleasure, of, luckily, before the storm, I filled up an extra horse tank with 250 gallons of water and put a tarp over it, put some bricks on top of it and stuff to keep the tarp from blowing off. And so I had me 250 gallons of water for toilet flushing and for running through the Berkey water filter, you know, depending on how long this goes. Because we, let me tell you, we here are really low on the totem pole when it comes to priorities for Georgia Power. Um, our county is served by an EMC and also by Georgia Power, but our property here is Georgia Power. And there are 18 homes on our line, which isn't very many. And every time 
the slightest wind blows or, a, you know, an old dead pine branch falls on a transformer or a squirrel, you know, chews a hole in something, the power goes out. It's happened here countless times. Well, it takes them a long, long time to get around to us because they're going for, oh, that subdivision over there, the golf course, you know, the downtown part of America. So they get top priority because there are thousands of homes. So we're pretty low on the totem pole. So they're sending emails to us saying, oh, it's going to be five o'clock tomorrow. Well, the bummer of all of this, and I, by the way, I did not mean this to be just a bellyache concession, but perhaps if you hear my troubles, it will make your troubles seem a little bit less. <laughs> and maybe that'll make you more, you know, excited to play bluegrass. You won't be in such a bad mood or something. Anyway, power's out. Water's out. I'm lugging five-gallon buckets of water to and fro the bathroom so that you know toilets can be flushed. You fill the tank up; it flushes just fine. And then you got to haul the haul the water around. So I'm doing that. Donkeys are fine. Chickens are fine. You know, it doesn't. They don't drink that much water. So everything's good. Got no power. And I'm wondering. I wonder if we have internet because the internet comes over the phone line. Like, hey, Jackson, let's dig out the generator. So we pull out a little 1,000-watt Honda generator. It's not. It's nowhere near sufficient to run the well pump. It's about one-fifth of what you would need to do that. But it's enough to, like, fire it up and run a phone charger and, uh, you know, a light bulb or, you know, a few little small things. And I got the bright idea, what if I take a generator and plug that uh, internet modem gizmo into that and let's just see let's just see if we have internet because as practically everyone in the u.s is doing we're all homeschoolers now so that is another thing that has been eating up a lot of our our time and attention and also darlene working from home so no internet can't do school from home you can't do work from home that's the two of them, and I can't do my thing. Just sitting here stranded. And it's funny. It's the kind of thing people pay big money to go on vacation to do the very thing that we're doing, which we didn't ask for. You know, it's like people go camping or hiking on the Appalachian Trail, and they're away from, them, you know, electricity and water and all these things, and they think it's great and what fun it is. But when it's dropped in your lap and you didn't ask for it, it's not as much fun. Anyway, so we fire up the generator. That internet modem, after about four minutes of blink, 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 it fired right up. Jackson's got his iPod there plugged, or iPad plugged into it, and he's just messing around on the internet and stuff. I'm like, cool, we got internet. So that evening, with the generator, with a cord strung out the kitchen window to the little Honda, fired up the thing and ran a drop cord over to the TV and watch Jeopardy. We watched like six episodes of Jeopardy on the TV by candlelight. And then the generator ran out of gas. And I said, all right, time to go to bed. Hopefully they'll get it turned on tomorrow. And I'm not done. It's as if everything comes in threes. So the first thing is the big shutdown, the lockdown, which really isn't a lockdown here. Tractor supply is open. 
the grocery stores are open, the gas stations are open. That's pretty much the only three places I ever went anyway. So, you know, life as normal to me. Um, <laughs> but they come in threes. I, I've thought this for a long time. And I was talking to my friend, Buddy Ashmore. You can go back and listen to the Buddy Ashmore interview. I called Buddy after the storm, just checking on him, see how they survived up there around Jonesboro. And everything was cool. He's just picking up sticks and cleaning up and stuff. Everything's fine. Um, but we were bemoaning the fact that there's no bluegrass happening. Of course, we bemoan that under normal circumstances. You know, like, well, I called so-and-so, and he was busy, and I called so-and-so, and his daughter had something going on. I called so-and-so, and he couldn't come. And, you know, we're always griping that there's never enough bluegrass. But right now, everybody's got a good excuse. So anyway, talk to Buddy. Everything's fine. And I, I was telling Buddy, I said, I feel like, I've been punched right in the gut, and that is this shutdown. I mean, that was just a hard punch. Bam! Doubled me over. But I got back up. I struggled back up. I'm <laughs> and then the second punch, the storms, an act of God, comes through, knocks out the power. That's bam! Now he hit me with a left, and I'm staggering, you know? But I get up on my knees and I climb, get back to my feet, and I'm ready to take on the world again. And I'm, I was telling Buddy, I said, I'm expecting a third punch. I don't know what it is, but they always seem to come in threes. But I'm ready. I wasn't ready for the first one. I was sort of ready for the second one. And while I'm on the phone with Buddy, Jackson comes running out of the back of the house and goes, Dad, Dad, the power's on. I'm like, hallelujah. Well, that's one crisis over. And I checked the lights in the barn. Sure enough, they're on. The fence charger, little red LED light on the electric fence charger. I saw, yeah, it's glowing. Hey, we're good. I heard a little refrigerator out there. Brrr, little compressor start up. I'm like, awesome. We got power. I'm going to do my podcast today. So I go in the house, I check my email, which I hadn't done in a couple of days, and I had a couple of people with some, like, hey, I ordered this from you two years ago, and uh, I got a new computer, and could you send me a link to it? And I'm like, oh, God, I got to dig through two years' worth of stuff. And I was like, yeah, uh, this evening, give me a chance. We're just, you know, we had this big storm, and I write them back. This evening, I'll get on there and dig through the records and find your purchase and resend you that original link. So yeah, don't worry. So set that email and a couple of others. And I kid you not, 45 minutes from the time the power came on and my wife is in her home office working away on some call with a bunch of people and Jackson's upstairs doing his schoolwork everything's cool and the internet goes out just stops and i hear squealing from both of them like oh the internet's out the internet oh man well the internet went out it didn't go out when the storm came it went out as soon as the power was restored you know that was my third punch bam right across the eye i'm like oh man so much for the podcast once again
No internet, I can't. I can record it, but I can't do anything with it. So you get where I'm going here. It's like one, two, three. <laughs> it's like, how much can one man take? And so I've sat around, you know, thinking of Job and uh, thinking that perhaps I'm some sort of science experiment. Maybe they've selected our family. And, you know, there's guys uh, sitting a quarter mile away with binoculars watching us. Oh, I wonder what a typical American family would do if we cut their internet for 12 hours. And then what if we, you know, sometimes I think I'm some sort of science experiment. But I don't really think I am. Anyway, so no internet went through another day of that. And then, bling, it just comes back on like nothing. I'm like, oh, everything is sort of working. So I get up this morning, power's working, water's working, internet's working. My wife's in there doing her little thing with her work and Jackson's upstairs doing, I'm like, okay, I'm going to do a podcast except one thing. I completely forgot what I was going to talk about. I had all these ideas. I'm still going to do the tab versus standard notation. I've got a list, but to be honest, I've been so sidetracked with other thoughts that to be, I'm just going to tell you, I don't really have anything prepared today except that I want to have you listen to another one of those favor emails that came in from a listener. And I'm going to tell you right off, I pushed this one to the top of the list because I just really loved his email. It, you know, just when you, you're just about as bummed out as you can get, once in a while, somebody says a little something to you that makes you go, wow. Maybe, you know, this is all worth it. Somebody is out there listening and enjoying this and getting something out of it. And again, I've said multiple times, listen to that bonus episode. I, I want to say bonus episode nine that says, do me a favor. Listen to that and do me the favor. Send me an email. Make a little recording of yourself. Introduce yourself to the other listeners. Well, Henry did that. Henry out in Oregon. So let's go to Jackson. Uh, Jackson recorded uh, the reading of Henry's do me a favor email and take it away Jackson. Hello guys Jackson here and my dad recently received an email from Henry Strid as part of the favor thing that he sent out and it goes like this. Hi Brad, my name is Henry and I'm 10 years old and I've been playing the banjo for about two years. I listen to your Grass Talk Radio podcast all the time. I love the fun stories and all the useful tips and information. I also love that you have a donkey, Carl the Rooster, and that you live in the country. It sounds like you have a cool place. I really like the nature episode and I think I heard quails or some kind of bird like that in the background. Do you have any favorite banjo albums that you could recommend? Thank you and keep up the good work. Love the show. From Henry in Eugene, Oregon. And then Dad wrote back to Henry. Henry, it is so good to hear from you. My son Jackson read your email last night. I, hope it, I hoped it might inspire him to play the banjo. Haha, <laughs> didn't work. He is 11 and into playing piano, French horn, cello, and Minecraft. 
He has also become very interested in creating tracks and composing music. You can find him on YouTube as Jackson Laird. Yes, you can. And I'm going to push your email to the headline and read it on the next episode. I'll answer your magic question then, if that's alright. If you record yourself playing the banjo, I'd be happy to put it on the show. Just let me know. I'll even send you a pile of free jam tracks you can use if you'd like. Thanks for listening, and especially thanks for writing. So I replied to Henry, and I don't have my reply in front of me because Jackson has my iPod upstairs where he was recording that. So, Henry, I promised you that I would answer your banjo question, and I don't have it in front of me, so I'm going to put that off until the next episode. And basically, as I, uh, it was like, you know, what is your recommended banjo albums and that sort of thing. I, I might even do an entire episode on that because I do have a bunch of favorite banjo albums that I think, you know, here, here's the thing. A lot of people who get into bluegrass now tend to be enamored, and rightly so, with the popular um, current um banjo stars we might say and for good reason no doubt there are some great banjo players and mantle players and fiddle players and you know all of it dobro players i mean it's very easy to be really into rob ikes and never have ever listened to josh graves you know you get where i'm going here you could be your first introduction to mandolin might be Del McCurry, I mean, uh, Ronnie McCurry, or it might be David Grisman or Sam Bush or any number of countless mantle players. But it might not be Bill Monroe and a whole bunch of other people that we, uh, let's say Jesse McReynolds. Most people's introduction to bluegrass mantle will not be Jesse McReynolds, not these days. It's far more likely to be, I don't know, Chris Thiele or, you know, somebody a little more currently in the in the current zeitgeist, you might say. Nah, that's the wrong word, but currently popular. So once again, I have um, talked myself in a circle and forgot what my point was. But I think that it's always good to go back to the basics um, that if you're new to something, um, while you're enjoying all that new stuff that's out there, remember where that came from. Because if you're listening to a Brian Sutton, Brian Sutton listened to Tony Rice. And so if you go back to Tony Rice, Tony Rice was listening to Doc Watson. And if you go, you know, you get what I'm saying? You just step back. If you can get to the source, then I think it allows you to do the same type of thing that those people did, which is take what you heard and let it blossom through your own creativity to become your thing. I mean, as much as I love Chris Thiele, we don't need another one any more than we need a second Bill Monroe or we need a, a second Earl Scruggs. Learning to play all that stuff is 
incredible training. And once you've got it, then see what you can do with it on your own. But if you start at the end of that process, where 49 other influences have come into a certain person's playing that you don't even understand where they came from, and then you just copy it, you're just, you're just copying, you know? Uh, of course, I suppose you could make the case that even the so-called originators of bluegrass were doing the exact same thing because they all had influences. And those people who influenced them, they all had influences. I mean, let's say go back to Arnold Schultz, uh, Uncle Penn. Well, Uncle Penn was influenced by somebody, and that person was influenced by somebody, all the way back to Og, the caveman, you know, with his, uh, he managed to uh, take a stick and stretch some uh, sheep gut across it and started plunking on it and thought, hey, hey, bing, 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 bing. I call it Foggy Mountain Breakdown. You know, I guess, but he was probably influenced by something, too. Anyway, okay, so just one more little thing. So, Henry, I will come back and answer your question in the next episode, and we'll hear from another one or two uh, favorite emails that I have received. I also wanted to say I got a nice email from a guy, which I'm not even going to, I'm going to save it for the next episode, too. Because this, this episode is really me just sort of like clearing my mind of a lot of stuff that's been going on. Got a nice email from a guy who bought my Bluegrass Base Complete Learning System. And I'm going to read that next time. But I want to suggest to you that if you've been playing an instrument or attempting to play an instrument for several years, say banjo, mandolin, guitar, fiddle, whatever, and you're just really struggling and you're really not happy with the results, it just doesn't seem to be working. I've talked about this in another episode about, you know, can should you play a whole bunch of instruments or how do you know if you've selected the right instrument for you? And I've many times said, you know, you should try a lot of things. Uh, you know, don't just, like, you may be really... When you start, you just may have the burning desire to be the great banjo player. And you struggle, and you struggle, and you struggle, and you struggle. And maybe, maybe, you were more meant to be the great dobro player, or the great bass player, or whatever. Anyway, I got this email from a guy, which I'll cover in the next episode, um, about a guy who was playing mandolin, and just not really getting where he wanted to get with it. Um, and I'll, I'll read you his words. And so he's taken up the bass and, uh, and sung the, the praises of my bass instruction system, which I hope that if you're interested in playing bass, and it's always a good little sideline for any of you, if you play mandolin, banjo, you know, sometimes you show up and... There's already a couple of good mandolin players there, but they don't have a bass. It's a great way to be standing there in the presence of other musicians and contribute in a very, very important way to the overall sound, even though you will get no credit for it. Bear that in mind. You cannot have an ego as a bass player. 
I mean, there are a couple of bass players out there that do, but typically you have to be willing to be in a permanently supportive role. And if you like that sort of thing, I recommend the bass as a side venture. So, you know, the, um, the essentials of playing the bass are fairly simple. I mean, I countless, um, wives have rolled their eyes when their banjo-picking husband has dragged home a K-bass and said, Honey, we need a bass player, and uh, I believe you could do this. Let me show you, you know, where to put your fingers. And she's rolling her eyes like, Oh, man, like I want to be a bass player. <laughs> and, and sometimes they turn out to be excellent bass players. But the basics of bass are fairly simple. My course takes you through far beyond that very basic, simple thing. That is explained in there for the person who just wants to be a weekend warrior bass player. Um, somebody who just wants to know just enough to get them by. That is all fully explained in there, plus a whole lot of other things. So if you have any interest in that, I guess that was another commercial. Sorry about that. Got to try to make a living. There is no, uh, I don't believe any Trump bucks are going to be heading my way. <laughs> Certainly no unemployment. Um, when you're self-employed, I, I don't, I don't think they have a relief fund for idiots who sell bluegrass instruction on the internet. Uh, I don't think that was written in to any kind of bill in Congress, which is just fine with me. I'm busy doing my garden. Um, the garden, by the way, is really happening. It is really kicking it right now. I, I look so forward to, you know, the last frost date each year because then there's a lot of seeds you can just direct sow into the garden. But a, certain types of plants you can get out there well before who are pretty frost hardy and actually like cool weather, like potatoes, you know, my potatoes went in the ground a little later than, than normally they would go in. And this year I planted a whole slew of Kennebec, which is a white potato, basically that white bacon potato type of potato. But if you, you know, if you harvest them early, you get those nice little, um, what I call new potatoes, you know, little golf ball sized ones. And what's cool about a potato is first of all, any idiot can grow a potato. And, and there's so many ways to grow them. You can grow them in piles of hay. You can grow them in barrels. You can plow up a field and plant a whole field full of them. And what is so beautiful about a potato, since we're all preppers now, um, the beautiful thing about a potato is that they're probably, I, I've grown a lot of stuff in my garden. I tried everything. And invariably the potato is the greatest producer in terms of like caloric value um, of any plant you can grow in a limited space and in, in any just you know per amount of space potatoes really poured on and they store so wonderfully because when they begin to make spuds underground you can begin robbing the plants you don't pull them you just dig around with your hands in there and fish around till you feel a good one 
and yank one off here and there and then do that to the next plant and the next plant. And you can keep doing that while they continue to grow throughout the growing season. And then when they finally keel over and die at the in fall, you can leave them in the ground. And there's your storage. You don't really have to do anything because that the purpose of that root is to sprout in the spring. So it's perfectly cool down there. You know, it'd just be fine. And you dig it up if you want to. Or you can pull them, let them dry a little bit, and keep them in the dark and find a nice, dark, cool place protected from mice and all that kind of stuff. And you can store them up, and they're more convenient, you know, to use throughout the fall and winter. Uh, but you can leave them in the ground in, in some areas. I, I don't know if that's true everywhere. If you got a lot of rain and, you know, this kind of thing, you might lose some, you know, to funguses and things like that. But potatoes, man. And the bad thing is when you buy a sack of potatoes at the store, they are exactly what I would purchase to plant in the garden. But they hose them down with some kind of chemical that prevents them from sprouting because they don't want them sprouting in the bag at the grocery store. So I don't know. I can't remember. I did know at one time what they spray them with, but You'll only you'll get very poor sprouting and growth if you buy a sack of potatoes at the store. Now sometimes you can go to a farmer's market type of place or get uh, just buy a little sack of organic potatoes or something like that, and then just plant them, cut them up so that you've got at least one eye in each chunk. I like to dust them with a little sulfur um, and let them air dry for maybe a day. Not in hot sun, but just in a breezy area. And then plant them, you know, about six inches deep. Nice, tilled up, loose soil. And pretty soon you're going to have a potato plant. And don't forget, potato, uh, anything green on a potato is deadly poison. So don't eat the leaves. And that's why you don't leave your potatoes out in any kind of light. Because they turn green, and that makes the green parts poisonous. At least make you sick. So always keep them in the dark. And what's great about a potato, too, my whole potato crop the 10 years ago started from one little bag of red potatoes that my wife bought and stuck in the bottom of the fridge and completely forgot about. Six months later, I pulled the bag out, and they're all sprouting and growing like crazy. So I planted them. And out of that, I got about 100. You know, from like those 10, I got 100. So I just saved them. And the following year, that's what I planted. So you're producing your own seed. You don't actually use seed when you grow potatoes. It is possible to grow a potato from seed. They do flower, pollinate, and do all that and create seed. But it's far easier to just think of the, the tuber itself as the seed. So if you have nothing else to do, get yourself a potato and plant that sucker. And you'll be eating some potatoes. And then save some, put them in a dark place, nice cool spot. And they'll be all sprouting and everything next spring. And you'll, you'll be able to be make more, make more, and make more of them. It's, a, it's an amazing thing what a potato will do. And of course around here, sweet potatoes are the big thing. I don't grow them because there's a farmer down the road that grows them by the bazillions. And they're just like super cheap. So I just get my sweet potatoes from that guy. In fact, there have been many years we've been here that somebody's just driven by the house and go, hey, you want a case of sweet potatoes? I'm like, sure, thanks. 
<laughs> but we got watermelons, peppers, tomatoes, onions, dill, carrots. Uh, I'm trying to think what else. We got uh, uh, cucumbers, all kind of stuff growing. So I'm thinking more about gardening right now than I am about bluegrass. But once again, if you're the praying type, pray that this insanity uh, subsides so we can get back to working, seeing our friends, pick it. What could be wrong with that? Y'all take care. And uh, hey, thanks again, Henry. Oh, and we're going to go out. I, I When I replied to Henry's email, I said, hey, Henry, if you got a recording of you playing the banjo or something, let me know and I'll stick it on the show. Well, he sent me a YouTube video and on today's show notes page, I'm going to embed or at least put a link to Henry's email. You'll get a big kick out of it. It's it, it's funny how a 10 year old, it's a great video. It's a great video. So I'm going to put that on the show notes. So go to grasstalkradio.com, slide down to this episode, click that link and there'll be a, a link to Henry's video, but I also ripped the audio off of it as a little outro music. So here is a uh, 10 year old Henry playing a little banjo for you to take us out today. And I will be back. Y'all take care, be safe and start growing some food. I'll talk to y'all next episode. Thank you.